Welcome to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, just a guy who's trying to live a great life and learn the best way to live it. This show is for the everyday human being that feels exactly how I feel, and every week I'll be bringing you weekly episodes on how to get better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially, so you can have a great mental diet. Welcome to episode 32 of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, and today's episode is called, Is Ego Really the Enemy? There's a book that I have not read, but I've seen the title. It says, The Ego is the Enemy. I disagree. I 100% disagree. Why do I disagree? There's healthy ego and there's unhealthy ego. And a lot of us hear the word ego. He's got an ego or she's got an ego, what we're usually describing is an unhealthy, out-of-control ego. What is an ego? That's a great question. Let's actually Google it. I did not um, I did not look this up. As you know, I always do this on the fly. So what is an ego? What is an ego? <clears throat> a part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. Philosophy a conscious thinking subject. Hmm. What exactly is an ego? By definition, an ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. To have an ego is essential to our very makeup. It will define who we are, how we connect with others. Ego becomes an issue when it becomes overpowering. Everybody has an ego, whether it's big or small. I've felt with certain psychedelic experiences what's called an ego death, which is the idea of myself and who I believe myself to be shatters utterly and completely. And it's it's very interesting when that happens and it can be very hard to deal with is that there's this construct that you created of who you think you are. And then all of a sudden it gets completely shattered. You're like, oh, I'm not who I think I am. You're not who you think you are. And that is a hard thing to deal with for a lot of people. A lot of people actually won't even deal with it. That's why a lot of people won't go do inner work on themselves because there's an ego attached to it. What I mean by that, I know people personally that know that they're really fucked up and have some serious trauma that affects their life, but their ego, which is a construct, which does not want to die. The ego is just like any other living thing. It, it's, it doesn't want to die. It doesn't want to change. It, it likes its current state. Even if you are not happy with your current state, even if you're not happy with your current way that you look at the world, change would mean a ego death, a death of that construct that you've created within yourself. Now, why do I not think the ego is the enemy? Is because if you had no ego at all, I was actually talking to my good friend, Kevin, Kevin Palmieri. He is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. If you do not follow him, go follow him. Next Level University is his podcast, over a thousand episodes. This is not an advertisement. I'm just throwing some gratitude his way because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and his coaching. Um, but yeah, anyway, I was talking to Kevin this morning and he asked me how I would respond to somebody because I'm going to go on a few other people's podcasts. I'm going to go on some other people's podcasts. And he said, how would you respond to somebody who's got a really big ego? And I, it's an interesting question. How would I respond to it? It depends how unhealthy it is. 
there's big egos. For example, there's this guy who's amazing in the jiu-jitsu community. His name's Gordon Ryan. He's 27 years old. He has not lost a match in 62 matches, which is unheard of. And he's widely known as the greatest no-gi grappler, or the greatest of all time. Massive ego. But he backs it up. He backs it up with results. So is that a massive ego or is that just massive belief in oneself? People take it for, for how they take it. But Kevin was saying that there's three ways people look at you. They look at, down at you. They think they're better than you. They look across from you. Or they look up to you where they think that you're better than them. And he was asking how I'd approach a conversation with somebody who's looking down at me, whose ego has told them that they are better than me. Depends. It depends. It depends if I could have a conversation with them. Depends how fragile their ego is. But the reason why I say that I don't believe that ego is the enemy, and a lot of people hear the word ego and they just like, nope, I don't have an ego. I'm like, yes, you do. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't have any sense of competition. You wouldn't really give a fuck about anything. If you had no ego at all, you'd be like, oh, well, um, there's no point doing any of the things that I need to do because it doesn't matter anyway. If you had no ego at all, that you wouldn't want to win things. You wouldn't want to strive for success. You wouldn't want to get after things. For example, if I had no ego when I trained jujitsu or MMA or kickboxing, I wouldn't care about the result at all. But my ego is like, no, you're going to win. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, am I going to win at the cost of breaking somebody else's arm? I hope not. But if somebody's trying to break my arm in a, in a say, if I did a jujitsu match, if somebody's trying to break my arm, then my ego will kick in and I'm going to break theirs first. I know that sounds horrible. I would never want to do that. I would hope that they tap, but you have to be prepared to, if you're going to put yourself in those situations, that that's going to happen. Now, an out of control ego would be that I'm just going to go break other people's arms even after they tap because I'm a psycho. It's like, no, like I'm going to win at all costs. Even if it means hurting people, everybody around me, I'm going to make as much money as possible. I don't give a shit. I will stomp on everybody. That's an out of control ego. That is an ego that is unhealthy. So this whole notion that ego is bad is wrong. Ego is a part of you and you can incorporate it into who you are and you can become friends. One of these songs that I listen to during my morning meditation, my morning kind of quiet time where I try to breathe and kind of rest and um, figure out the day. This guy who's talking through this this song is like, well, I didn't kill my ego. We, we became friends. We became partners. It's very interesting. It's, you become partners with it where at certain times you need to call upon it. You call upon it like a, people probably have heard this term, like a loyal soldier. Like, like it's there when you need it. Like, okay. I need you right now. Like, for example, when I go on my jiu-jitsu competition next, which will probably be in October, I'm going to call upon my ego. I'm going to call upon it because I need it to win because I want to win. If I just went into that jiu-jitsu competition and just was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a winner just showing up. I'm a winner if I just step on the mats. That's true. I agree with that. It takes a level of courage just to even go into any kind of competition. But... If you're going into some kind of competition, the goal should be to win that competition. That might be different for other people, but deep down, denying that part of yourself, it's like, oh, I don't care about winning at all. Bullshit. 
Don't lie to yourself. There's nothing wrong with winning. And there's also nothing wrong with losing. You either win or you learn. If you did a bunch of matches and lost all of them by armbar, you'd be like, I need to learn to defend armbars better. So therefore you learned something. So therefore it's not actually a loss. But the ego would be threatened by that, the fear of losing. So that's why I'm saying like, if somebody can't lose, they've got an unhealthy ego where they, they can't they can't even imagine or comprehend what it would feel like to lose. That's an unhealthy, very fragile ego. But our egos help us strive. They help us win. They help us go after that spouse, whether it's that guy or that girl, that allows us to go after what we want. If we didn't have an ego at all, we, I, I don't know. I just It's impossible to say that I don't have an ego. Everybody has an ego. It doesn't matter who you are, you have an ego. And to deny that you don't is to deny a part of yourself. And a lot of people do. We live in a society that kind of demonizes it. It's just because we don't really understand it. We don't understand it. Um, and we haven't developed a relationship with it. And until you develop a relationship with it, it's hard to really it's hard to really comprehend it. And the way that I really developed a relationship with it is through very hard experiences where you realize that you're not who you thought you were and who you thought you were was a construct, which is your ego. It was constructed a lot of the time around insecurity or a lot around a time around hurt and pain. But if you can deal with all those emotions and go back to those things that caused you hurt and pain throughout your life, then you can reconstruct your ego, which will never go away. It's always there, but you can become partners with it. You can integrate it so you can become whole rather than having this really unhealthy ego. Everybody knows somebody with an unhealthy ego. Usually comes from a place of deep insecurity and a deep feeling of not enoughness. I'm not enough. Therefore, I'll project this idea or this avatar into the world. And there's who we actually are here. Then there's the avatar we project into the world here. And what people don't like is this avatar, is this ego, or this projection, is it sometimes gets this massive gap between who we actually are, who we really, really are, versus this projection with this ego that creates this avatar of who we actually who we think that we are, who we want to be. And the bigger this gap is the more fragile this ego is because the further away it is from who you actually are. Your goal should be to deal with all the shit that you have in your life so you can go like this. So who you actually are is tied to your ego and your friends and your partners and is integrated and you are whole and you are one versus having this separateness. So I don't even know what else to say. It's just a very interesting subject. And I really wanted to get on here and kind of talk about that and talk about that having an ego can be a good thing. Actually, it is a good thing. As long as you have dealt with the things that would cause that toxic, uncontrollable, out there ego of people that we've met. Everybody knows them. Like I said, it's usually based in insecurity. And it's usually based in that they don't feel like they're enough in a certain arena in their life, or they were told that they weren't enough, or they felt like they weren't enough whether or not it was for, from their um, from their childhood, from their parents, from their teachers, from their brothers, from their sisters, from a, a relationship. So therefore, they compensate and project with this unhealthy ego, which is kind of just sad, really.
A lot of men do it with money. A lot of guys buy Rolexes, they flex, they got this big ego, they walk around like they're king shit. But if you question them, they get angry. Where does anger come from? The base emotion of anger is fear. If someone gets really angry, if you think about it, every time you've been really angry about something, if you stop for a second, there's usually some kind of fear underneath that. A fear of losing a relationship, a fear of losing a job, a fear of losing status, a fear of what people might think, a fear of not looking tough, a fear of whatever it may be, of being exposed, which causes this emotion, which is anger. So it all just comes down to dealing with shit. What's the moral of this story? You can integrate and close that gap between who you really are deep down and what you project out into the world, which is your ego, which is a construct that we've created to usually keep us safe or to blend in with our tribe or blend into the world around us. If you deal with what is causing this gap, and why that gap is there, and you can integrate that ego into party life, you can call upon that at times because it's not separate from you anymore. So moral of the story is deal with your shit, deal with your emotions. If you've got an unhealthy ego and it's out of control, how do you, actually, before I finish this, how do you know who have an out of control, unhealthy, toxic ego? I think you would find out and realize that if you are angry, if anybody questions you or if there's things that about you that you get really angry about. Like, oh yeah, I make a hundred grand a month. I do this, I do that. And you're constantly saying all these things potentially to do with money or or if you're really fit, you're putting out down other people who are not fit. Oh yeah, a bunch of fatties. It's like, if that's all you got, bro, if that's the only, if that's the only leg on your table that you're standing on, what if that was taken away from you? you'd lose all sense of who you are because your ego is now attached to your body. What if you get in a car accident and you can't work out anymore? Ego death, you're now no longer that person. So therefore you're now longer you because your entire identity is attached to your body and how you look. Being there before in my early 20s. So deal with your shit. What is be a man? What I mean by being a man, deal with your emotions. I think it takes way more courage and way more strength to look inward and deal with those emotions and cry and deal with the shame and deal with the un unresolved anger that comes from not being loved or all the fear. You deal with all of that, you become a whole human being. It's not strong to repress emotions. That's not strength. Strength is having the courage to open up that box and to look at all the emotions you have, every single one of them. None of them are weak. None of them are wrong. They're all part of the human experience. So love you guys. Hope this helps. Talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. If you found any value at all, please share this with a family member or a friend or just a guy or a gal walking down the street. Just anybody at all. If you feel like it could help them and benefit them from the conversations that we're having. It would mean the world to me if you could also leave a review. It helps grow the show. It helps the algorithms. And I also do love connecting with my listeners. So please reach out to me on social media. The best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Aaron Lynch Potter. And that's spelled A-H-R-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H-P-O-T-T-E-R. -T -T -E Thank you so much once again.